Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Not Your Average Tea Time Podcast. I'm your host, Tabaria, joined by Christian. And Christian, today, we're going to do a little NFC South preview. But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about today. Today is the 4th of July, all right? What are you throwing on the grill? How are you celebrating? What are we doing here? Man, it's it's scorching hot out here, man. Um, now, with that said, I, that's not going to stop me from firing up the grill. As soon as we finish up with this, going to knock out some yard work and uh, kind of gift myself. Uh Got got a couple steaks, got some uh, got some sausages, got some burgers. Nothing too crazy, but definitely gonna enjoy ourselves tonight. <laughs> Feel you, man. I definitely went to the grocery store this morning, grabbed some stuff to throw in the smoker. So I got that rolling right now. Uh, grabbed a couple brats, you know. So like you said, nothing too crazy, but you know, may have a little fire later. Um, we're thinking about bringing the projector outside, okay? Throwing it up against the garage, see how that work out. So. That's always fun. Did you see they had to cancel the Nathan's hot dog eating contest? <laughs> yeah, man. And people are upset about that. They're like, where have we gone as a country that we have to cancel the hot dog eating contest because of lightning right? here? What are we doing here? I mean, do you need outdoors to throw down some glizzies? I don't know. I mean, why not move it indoors? <laughs> <laughs> so apparently there's a science to this or something because they were saying that uh, if – they use the original hot dogs, then they can shrink, come bigger, something like that. And the buns, they get harder the longer they stay out. So that can really affect uh, Joey Chestnut's performance. So I did see somewhere, though, that somebody put down $2,000 that he would win the hot dog eating contest. If he did win, they would only win back 50 bucks. <laughs> That that sounds about right. I mean, the, the guy you? is universally, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Uh, no shame in my game. I didn't miss that one. <laughs> he said, "I admit that one." All right. Well, let's get into it, Christian. Uh, we're gonna do a little. We're gonna bring back the series that I think I started last year. The, we're just gonna preview every division, talk a little bit about um, what questions do they have going into the season, and kind of what they did in the draft and how we felt about that, basically. So let's jump right into it here. So the Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers. My question for you, Christian, is what does this offense look like under Frank Wright? What does this team look like? What are your thoughts on this? Uh, It's going to be interesting to see how much does he bring over what he did in Indianapolis and what, you know, has he been able to look himself in the mirror and, uh, you know, fix the mistakes and maybe, uh, you know, do some things that in Indy, maybe he was a little, uh, you know, my way or the highway about. And is he willing to maybe listen to a little bit more uh, criticism? Not that he wasn't. I'm not exactly too sure how all that went down in Indianapolis. It kind of seems like uh, that was kind of a last resort type of thing. They had to make some type of change. They already went through the quarterback uh, carousel and, Ultimately, Frank Reich's job just, uh, it, you know, he got the X there in Indy. So, honestly, that's kind of a hard question to answer, especially because all he had in Indianapolis was veteran quarterbacks. Now he's got right. a rookie in Bryce Young. So, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how much he asks 
of the rookie quarterback from day one. He's already um, beaten out Andy Dalton uh, for the starting job, so he will be the week one starter, uh, you know, unless he goes down with some sort of injury or, or something like that. But um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, they, they brought in uh, quite a few names in free agency to, to help the young quarterback out. Um, you know, do they, are they going to be a run first, run heavy offense? Um, you know, I mean, that that is kind of the type of offense that Frank Reich liked to run in Indianapolis with Jonathan Taylor. They spent a lot of money in the offseason with Miles Sanders. They still got Chuba Hubbard, who uh, once they traded Christian McCaffrey last season, he kind of flashed onto the scene. So um, if I had to guess, it, it probably will be something similar to what we've seen in the past in Indianapolis, a run first, run heavy offense. Um, especially with a rookie quarterback. And then um, maybe mid-season we start things, uh, we start to see things change with that offense and maybe they become more pass-heavy because they do got some decent pass catchers that they acquired in the offseason. Yeah, and one of the questions I have for how the season's going to shake out is what does Adam Thielen have left in the tank? You know, he had a fantastic run from undrafted free agent up in Minnesota, but last year he looked a little slow. So, like, is he going to be somebody who's able to be out there for 17 games? And if so, what impact does that have? You know, and what does this team look like now that they traded away DJ Moore to your Chicago Bears? You know, what is what is what does that look like? So, I know they liked. Is it Tommy Tremble? Was there a tight end they have? Yeah, yeah, and you talked about the running backs here. So they like their team. They think. Bryce Young may have some pieces in order to grow in that offense in his first year. But, Christian, here's a question for you here. Tell me why this wouldn't be the perfect landing spot for DeAndre Hopkins. Give me one reason. I think it would be a really nice landing spot for the Carolina Panthers to get DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know if it makes a ton of sense for DeAndre Hopkins to go to the Carolina Panthers, though. I mean, you could lay out every reason why it would make sense for the Carolina Panthers to make this signing. I mean... Uh, you mentioned it. Adam Thielen, how much does he truly have left in the tank? Um, they did bring in DJ Chark as well, who's coming off of a nice year in uh, Detroit. He's shown some flashes when he was with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, you know, and then that obviously would kind of lift the burden off of those two guys, bringing in a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, who some think, you know, he doesn't have a ton left in the tank. Um, I mean, you know how big of a fan I am of him, and I, I think he's still got plenty <laughs> left in the tank. And Again, I think it makes all the sense in the world for the Carolina Panthers to even, I mean, honestly, throw them a one-year twelve, thirteen million dollar deal. Like I, I would even go that heavy for a guy like that because that could make uh, a wor- the, the world of a difference for a young rookie quarterback like Bryce Young. You've already invested a ton in this uh, quarterback by trading up to get him number one overall. You've already proven that he's your guy. He's your future. Why not go out and make a splash signing like that and bring DeAndre Hopkins, who's from the Carolina uh, or, you know, went to school at Clemson. Um, I think it makes a ton of sense. I don't know if it makes a ton of sense for DeAndre Hopkins, who's probably looking to win now or at least in the next couple of years. And I don't know if that uh, matches with what the uh, Carolina uh, Panthers, uh, what, what they're trying to do at this moment. You're right. How, you're right. Or how ready they are, I should say. I did not think about that. DeAndre Hopkins is trying to win right now, and I don't know if that's going to happen in Carolina this year. <laughs> they got some question marks there. So that would be a reason why he has to sit out. But I think the formula for 
you know, developing your young quarterback has always been let them start for a year or two and then go get them a weapon. A la Stephon Diggs to the Bills, a la um, Justin Herbert with Kenan Allen. He's always had a weapon. But like the Jets what the wanted Bears to do are that. Now doing. What right. the Bears are now doing, DJ Moore to Justin Fields. Um, the Jets wanted to do that with Zach Wilson, but Corey Davis wasn't it. He's still on the roster. He's still a good player. He's from Chicago, so I, I don't. I never have any Corey Davis slander, but he wasn't able to do what Stephon Diggs did. You know, I could pull up the receipts. <laughs> pull up the receipts. <laughs> Burn them. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit about what the Carolina Panthers did in the draft here. So they took Bryce Young first overall and kind of traded quite a bit to get him. I don't know off the top of my head what all they traded, but. What are your expectations for Bryce Young going into his rookie year? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, just just don't flop out. You know, I mean, you can kind of you can kind of see, but uh, not uh, it just play average ball. I think that's all you can ask for a rookie quarterback to play is just be average at least. I mean, if you're better than that, then great. But but you know, don't shit down your pants. Um, you know, I think Kenny Kenny Pickett kind of. Last season, I, I think he he did all right. I mean, he was the one and only first round quarterback of last year's class, and ultimately he did beat out a, a veteran quarterback in Mitch Trubisky for that job. And um, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, offense certainly ran a lot better under Pickett than it did Trubisky. So, I mean, if you can at least keep the the veteran quarterback behind you, in this case, it would be Andy Dalton, who, as we know, I mean, uh, we've already seen the best of Andy Dalton. He probably is a he is a career backup from this point on. Um, was a decent starter in Cincinnati, um, was never special though. So, uh, you know, as long as you see some promise and, and you see some flashes, um, every game would be nice, but sometimes that's not the case. I could remember Justin Fields' rookie year, and there was some games where, or even just last year, uh, week four against the Houston Texans, week three or week four against the Houston Texans, somehow, some way, the Bears won that game, but it was probably the worst game I've seen uh, Justin Fields play in his career, and that's year two. So, I mean, it's going to take some time. Um, again, what they gave up to uh, move from nine to one to draft Bryce Young, this isn't going to be all sorted out and figured out after one year. It's going to take some time, and um, again, I mean, as long as he's not getting killed out there, uh, you know, getting hit, uh, I mean, again, he is a, a smaller quarterback. I know a lot of people had some uh, pause for caution in uh, leading up to the draft because of that. Um, as long as he can stay healthy, uh, get him every rep that he can get, and, you know, it should only do him uh, wonders for year two. Yeah, I, I'm hesitant to say that he's going to have a great year. Um, I think he – okay, here, here's a question for you. Is his rookie year more closely look like Zach Wilson's or Trevor Lawrence's? Because Trevor Lawrence didn't have a great – rookie year it was good but like Zach Wilson's was terrible I think so like on that spectrum where does he fall somewhere in the middle closer to Zach or closer to Trevor Lawrence uh you know with with Frank Reich uh being there in Carolina with the veterans that they uh added Adam Thielen DJ Chark um I'm still holding on hope for uh, LaVisca Chenault um, I, I think it's going to be closer to that Trevor Lawrence uh, uh, season because now Trevor Lawrence, you could make an argument that last year was his rookie season because year one was just a circus show with Urban Meyer running <laughs> things. But um, 
you know, just, just with the pieces around him, I have a hard time thinking it's going to look more like Zach Wilson's uh, uh, rookie season than Trevor Lawrence's. That's fair. But do you expect him to play every game, all 17 games? Like, do you think, do you think he's protected enough that he doesn't miss any games toward injury? Because he's, you said it like perfectly that that was a concern from a lot of draft people. But the Carolina Panthers said that what he does on the field is special enough that we think he'll be, we'll be able to protect him. He'll play smart football and he can thrive in Carolina. Uh, you know, if I had to go one way or the other, I, I think he does stay healthy. I, I think he plays smart. He does stay healthy. I mean, yeah, he was small in stature and whatnot. We are talking about a quarterback, though, that did play in the SEC. I understand he played for uh, the second-best team in the SEC behind Georgia, obviously, uh, at Alabama. But um, And I don't think he really – I know he missed some time due to injury, but I don't think he missed, like, a great deal of time throughout his career at Alabama. So – um, again, and you're talking about, you know, probably one of, if not the second best offensive line in the SEC. So, I mean, I, I know there's a lot of variables that play into that, but if I think if he was able to stay healthy for the most part in the SEC, and I know it's a, it's a bigger jump, it's a higher jump. Um, I don't think the small, small stature size is going to affect him though in the NFL, if he was able to survive the SEC. Now, am I saying he's going to go on to have like an Eli Manning iron, uh, whatever they used to call it, you know, uh, Eli Manning Street, where he, yeah, yeah, where he goes 200 straight games without missing a game. No, absolutely not. You don't, you, you, you don't predict that for anyone. Obviously, he'll miss some time at some point. Whether that's his rookie year or not, it's hard to say. But if I had to go one way or the other, I'll, I'll say he, he will play smart and, and he will stay healthy. Um, will he be banged up? Sure, but I, if I had to go one way or the other, I, I think he he stays relatively healthy this season. I hope so. I think he'll probably have, and I think it could be a detriment to him that he might have to just say, you know what, yeah, my ankle hurt, but give me that tortoiseau, whatever it is, shot, that pain relief shot, so that I can get out there because I, I want to beat the stigma that I'll always be hurt and that I'll miss games and stuff like that. Maybe he'll do that. Maybe he won't. We'll just have to see. I do want to talk about one last thing. Missed their draft. So, they had a decent draft, but I really, really liked the Jonathan Mingo pick, wide receiver from Ole Miss. As you know, I've been an Ole Miss fan my entire <laughs> life. So <laughs> I got to watch a lot of Jonathan Mingo, and let me tell you, I was really impressed by him. He's not DK Metcalf, but he's not Elijah Moore, who both went to Ole Miss. So he's like somewhere in the middle. But the Carolina Panthers think that this guy can do everything they ask of him at that X position. So – Watch out for John Domingo, rookie wide receiver. You, you might put up 600, 700 yards and four touchdowns. That's just my prediction. You know, I was really excited a couple of years ago when they took uh, Terrace Marshall, the wide receiver out of LSU in the second round. Obviously, he's kind of been a flop up to this point. Um, Mingo, he was a second round pick, right? Yeah. So similar to Marshall, you know, a lot of people thought that, hey, they might be able to sneak in the late uh, first round. Instead, they get these guys in the uh, second round. So hopefully Mingo's career plays out better, at least the start, uh, than uh, Terrence Marshall's. I think we're all hoping for that, but we're just going to have to see how it all plays out. All right, with that, let's move on to the New Orleans Saints. Christian, how do you feel about them? 
bringing in Derek Carr. You think he was the missing piece? You think he's going to have an average year? Because, you know, they finally have a real quarterback in there and not Taysom Hill. So, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm, sure that's, I'm sure this is why you, you wanted to kick things off with the NFC South. Just to, just to poke, at, just to poke you, at, uh Taysom Hill. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> um, but, no, I mean, Derek Carr, it's obviously an upgrade. I, I don't know if he's really going to be the missing piece. Um, I could see the New Orleans Saints being uh, very similar to how the Oakland or the Las Vegas Raiders were when Derek Carr was there. Um, you know, a nine, ten win team, maybe at best. Um, now they do got a lot of talent there, though. They do have a lot of talent there. Um, I mean, it starts off obviously with Alvin Kamara in the backfield, uh, and then of course uh, Chris Olave, who had an awesome, awesome rookie season last year. And then what are you going to get out of Michael Thomas? I know that's going to be a talking point here later on, but I mean that's just been a mystery really ever since Drew Brees left town. So. Um, Massive upgrade at the quarterback position. I feel like the, the Saints had to do something. They couldn't just uh, stand packed and, and run it again with uh, Jameis Winston. And then obviously last year, Andy Dalton was there. And see what you got in Taysom Hill, obviously. We, we know that that was just a Sean Payton. Uh, not really sure what he was thinking with that pick or, or with that signing. I'll, I'll give it to you. Um, maybe he was just looking out for one of his guys. I don't know. But I don't know if we've ever seen anything like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> jack of all trades, though. That's why I like. That's why I respect about Taysom Hill. So um, massive upgrade, though, at the quarterback position, and uh, this will definitely make the Saints better. How better? We'll see. Because that that last uh, stretch there, last season with the Raiders, Derek Carr. I mean, he was all in on the new coaching staff, on the new regime, and uh, I think the, the I think the uh, the knife is still in his back, even though he's uh, left town. So. Um, yeah, he's made some comments like, you know, I'm still a little mad at them because they made my wife cry and all this other stuff because they cut me. And I, yeah, he's still a little salty there. But let me tell you what, I am ecstatic that Derek Carr is a Saint and not a New York Jet. Cause because cause as, it went your way. Because <laughs> it went my way. Because it went my way. If, it, if he would have been a Jet, I would have been ecstatic that he was a New York Jet. Not, No, nah, not really. I'm going to be honest with you. And this was a lot of the discourse over Chet's Twitter. And everybody was like, you know what, man? Um, I can't believe this. Like, just signed Derek Carr already. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be here. Blah, 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 blah. We want somebody who wants us. Aaron's taking his time, dragging his feet. Those people are nowhere to be found now. I'm sure. Where, where, where did they all go? Come out of hiding. Let's talk about it. Because now everybody's ecstatic. And the expectations have never been higher for the Jets because they took Rodgers over Carr. I think New Orleans Saints fans, though, are still excited they have somebody who can give them a steady hand at the position. You know, yeah, Derek Carr is better than competency. Derek Carr is better than Andy Dalton. He's he's better than Jameis Winston. You know, he's better than Taysom Hill, but I, I wasn't going to say it, but I had to just – all the options they have, He's he's better. So – I know they're excited for him and what he can bring to that offense down there and kind of touched on it. That offense they have Mike Thomas, Chris Olave, you miss my boy, Juwan Johnson, the tight end who was like, he's pretty big. He can catch, he can run, does everything he needs to do well for a receiving tight end. He kind of came on late last year. The only reason I know is because I needed a tight end and he was lighting it up down there in New Orleans. 
So I think they're really excited for what they have for him. And they still do have Taysom Hill and tight end, and he can catch and play rugby out there, you know. So tight end four down there is pretty good. And you hit on Alvin Kamara, who may or may not start the season on the suspended list for beating up some dude for some reason. I don't, I don't remember why he did it, but. Yeah, I, you know, I know it was at the Pro Bowl, though. Yeah, NFL don't like it when you beat up people on camera. So, <laughs> so uh, he might. I don't know. Ray, Ray Rice got got away pretty clean uh, initially. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I was gonna say I don't know if he did, bro. <laughs> initially. Um, so with that, Mike Thomas, does he ever play again? Because even though he's been out there looking like a transformer and like running around a little bit, he still hasn't fully practiced. And I expect to see that trend probably continue in the training camp when that comes here. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's a, a curious case right there, a curious case of Mike Thomas. Uh, I mean, you can't really ask for a much, a much better situation than you're in right now. I mean, yeah, you're not playing with Aaron Rodgers, but you got a pretty damn good quarterback there now. And if that's the only reason why you weren't practicing in the past and why you've been dragging this out because you didn't truly believe in uh, Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton. I'm not saying that's the case. I've not heard that anywhere. But this has just been a really, really weird situation because we're talking about a guy two, three years ago. We were talking about, hey, you know what? Um, you know, he doesn't really do anything too flashy, but the guy puts up numbers and he was an absolute beast when Drew Brees was throwing him the football. Um, so, I mean, I got to think we, I, I got to think we see him play again. I got to think that we see him play for the Saints. Um, because you're not going to find a much better situation with, you know, the, the wide receivers that you're surrounded around that obviously will make your job better um, playing alongside a, a Chris Olave. And uh, they, they got someone else to that. I, I know I'm forgetting about, but uh, anyways, um, you're not, you're not going to leave new Orleans to find a much better situation. And sure. You know, I don't think you're really in a position to demand a trade elsewhere. No other team is really going to, give too much for you you know you're, you're kind of damaged goods right now until we see you on the field and you prove yourself again yeah and we don't know if that's ever going to happen i mean I, I really expect him to maybe ramp it up but a little bit in training camp i don't expect to see him out there in the preseason game so we have to wait till week one to see is he going to be able to knock the rust off fast enough to get back on the field and actually get back into that top wide receiver conversation here. Uh, do you think the signing, while we're still talking about the Saints offense, do you think the signing of Jamal Williams in the offseason, does that give you any any thoughts on how the Saints may view Alvin Kamara and not saying getting rid of him, but this pending suspension that may be? It doesn't because I think in Green Bay or Detroit last year, he was in Detroit, Jamal Williams was most like most commonly used as a goal line back. Right. So whenever DeAndre Swift would get him to the one yard line, couldn't punch in, they put Jamal Williams in there and he could touchdowns. Didn't he lead the league in yep. rushing touchdowns? Yep. Yeah. At over twenty. So I'm sure they're just like, we need somebody back here who when things get tough, they can punch it in for sure. That's probably yeah, that's probably right. I mean, they could have just put Taysom Hill back there, but, you know. <laughs> so before we move on to the 
Saints draft here. Are you ready to admit Taysom Hill is not a good quarterback and just just needs to play a different position, personal punt protector? Sure, sure. I'm 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 willing to admit that uh, that he's not a, a very good quarterback. But in terms of non, I'll, I'll I'll even say this: he ain't a quarterback. But in terms of non quarterbacks in the league, he might have the best potential playing quarterback. If that makes any sense. <laughs> I would rather have Christian McCaffrey as my quarterback okay. than Taysom okay. Hill. <laughs> you you might right. lose that game then. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, I'm sure the 49ers are also in that same position. All right, so looking at the draft here, they picked 29th in the first round here. They took Brian Brzee, defensive tackle from Clemson. Now, this was a guy who they thought could go earlier in, like, a top 15 pick. Like, I had a lot of people say that the Jets could probably grab him here. But he dealt with some tough personal situations in college, and he had a bunch of different injuries here. So that last rough year kind of dropped his stock a little bit, and he ended up falling to the Saints at 29. How do you think he can – do you, do you think he can return to form? How do you think he will perform? What are your thoughts on Brian Brzee? Uh I remember heading into last year, uh, college season, I mean, he was projected to be a top five, top ten pick. Uh, you know, that's how highly regarded he was. And then, like you said, he dealt with some injuries, also with some personal matters, and here he is falling to pick number 29 to the Saints. Um I got to admit, it gives me a slight pause that the Saints were the team to draft him just because, uh, well, really, first-round picks besides Chris Olave last year in general, just it seems like they always miss on him. It seems like they always whiff on the first-round draft pick in New Orleans. And, um, you know, I I remember they gave up a, a treasure for Marcus Davenport, someone I actually liked and was kind of a fan of. I mean, they gave up quite a bit. I, I don't know if I would have gone – that heavy for him. Um, and I remember uh, the day he was drafted, you're like, he, he's going to be a bust and he did not show anything in his time in new Orleans. I think he had one decent year where he had like maybe eight sacks, nine sacks. I think he may have had double digit sacks one year, but then he fell off the face of the earth. The last two seasons, he's on a one year deal. I think Minnesota, I could be wrong on that. Um, so, I mean, can't really paint it with a broad brush like that, but the fact that the Saints were the team to draft them kind of gave me a slight pause. Now, hopefully he's able to uh, learn a thing or two from Cam Jordan, and he is able to, uh, I mean, can't really uh, raise his stock now that he's already been drafted, but hopefully he could turn into that player that people thought he was going to be heading into the college football season last year. Yeah, hopefully he can, but you made an interesting point here about the Saints in their first-round picks. Now, I'm looking back on the history of their first-round picks, and they got some some good people in here, right? Like uh, Deuce McAllister. Lattimore's like, a good I'm, one. Lattimore, I'm going way back, like 2000. Okay. Like Ricky Williams, Deuce, Deuce McAllister. Uh, Ricky Williams, got, if I'm not mistaken, that was their one and only pick that year. <laughs> the one and only pick because they traded their entire draft class for that pick, which is wild. Uh, yeah. <laughs> shout uh, out Mike Dicka. Shout out Mike Dicka. So then they got Reggie Bush, who wasn't necessarily a success in the NFL, but he was electric. Robert Meacham was a really good receiver for him. 
Malcolm Jenkins, Cam Jordan, Mark Ingram, uh, Brandon Cooks, still in the league. They took him in 2014, so that's a success. Andrews Pete, Sheldon Rankins, former Jet, uh, Marcus Lattimore, Ryan Ramchek, and then it gets hairy after Ryan Ramchek. 2017, they had that amazing draft class, I think included maybe C.J. Gardner-Johnson in a draft class too. But after that, Marcus Davenport, 2018, no pick in 2019, Cesar Ruiz, center from Michigan, yeah, Peyton Turner, good. defensive end from Houston. Chris Olave is a stud. That's yeah. a home run. Then they took Trevor Pennon Pinnon last year, offensive tackle from Northern Iowa University, which I liked, and I thought like he can be good for the Jets. However, I didn't think that was a good first-round pick for them. And then this year, Brian Brzee. So – Here's to hoping that he can turn it around and get back to their good drafting ways, but we'll see here. And speaking of the draft, they also picked up uh, Jake Hainer, quarterback from Fresno State in the fourth round. And I don't know about you, but I've been seeing some comparisons to Derek Carr out there. So, you know, they signed Derek Carr as a veteran. They drafted this guy as a rookie. Who better to learn from than the person we're, we're uh, our comp to? Uh, you know, and I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say I studied Jake Hayner tape. I know there was some hype heading in. Uh, you know, I think around like the Senior Bowl, he had a really good Senior Bowl and um, combine. What you know, whatever. But uh, is he really compared to Derek Carr, or is it because they both went to Fresno State? Come on. <laughs> I think it's because they, as most of is, they both went to Fresno State. But I think they said he has the moxie that Derek Carr displayed at Fresno okay. State. Like that's pretty much it, though. <laughs> Derek Carr is he's, – he's had some really good seasons, some good top ten seasons, and I think if Jake Hayner could be half of that, he'd be happy. And then uh, quickly, uh, a sleeper pick that I liked. I think it was a f- fifth or sixth round pick for the Saints, uh, linebacker Nick Anderson from Tulane. Um, I, I think I think that's going to be a, a pretty good player. Maybe not year one, but down the line for the Saints or, or somewhere in the league. Uh, he was a guy that played, I mean, Tulane last season, just in general, had an awesome year, took down your USC uh, Trojans in the bowl game. And uh, this is a guy that had a lot of success both uh, at the Senior Bowl as well and then uh, put up some crazy combine numbers. But Nick Anderson might be a name to uh, tuck away for the next couple of years and see where he's at. Tulane can put off some talent. You know, they got that linebacker, Nick Anderson. They got um, Tajay Spears. I think he was my favorite uh, running back in the in the draft this year, Tennessee. At Tennessee, which Hassan has, like, Hassan White or Hassan Haskins might be on his way out, so we'll see. That man is definitely. I don't know how he stays employed by the Tennessee Titans, but Tajay Spears was pretty good. Uh, I think Darnell he fell Willie. a little bit. My bad. Legit from Tulane. Yeah. Did not know that. There's something new every day. And there's some hype around their quarterback this year. They say he's a sleeper, but he can actually play. So good job, Tulane. Keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, pivot here, Christian, to the Atlanta Falcons here. So my questions for the Atlanta Falcons are going to be, does Desmond Ritter have the ability to rise to the occasion? You know, everybody thought that maybe they'd take a quarterback this past draft because 
Desmond Ritter didn't show much after he got put in there for Marcus Mariota. However, everybody in Atlanta is like hyping Desmond Ritter up, saying like he can be the man. Let's give him a chance. Let's give him a fresh shot. And with everything they added in the draft, I think he might actually get a chance to show something. But it really will all just depends on what Arthur Smith wants to do with that offense. Because, as you know, um, they got Cordell Patterson running back. They have the one named Tyler Algier, the rookie last year, who ran for 1,000 yards. And they have Kyle Pitts. So is Arthur Smith finally going to unleash Kyle Pitts and let him be a dominant top one tight end in the league here? Or is he going to let him be another glorified offensive tackle? It really just – the way their offense decides to run, are they going to unleash Desmond Ritter and let him cook, or are they going to continue with the running game? Because you know who they took in the first round. I mean, you you got you to gotta be steady with the run game after taking a running back at number eight overall. I mean, this is supposed to be a generational talent in B. John Robinson. And, you know, there's some reports saying uh, – I think there's some reports out there that, are, uh, that have B. John playing a little slot too, right? Yeah. Did I see that somewhere? Yeah, they got him lined up pretty much everywhere trying to maximize his ability. But do that with Kyle Pitts. That's all I say. You know, (laughs) I think think with their running game, Cordero Patterson, obviously, uh, B. John Robinson. But I do think we'll see a lot of two tight end sets because this offseason they also acquired John New Smith, who, um, you know, I know he didn't really do too much in New England the last couple of years, but he showed in Tennessee that he could be a legit – uh, receiving target as well, so you you got another uh, you know shifty, quick tight end there on the uh, on, on the line as well to go with uh, Kyle Pitts as well. So I think this could be like one of those breakout year or a breakout year for Kyle Pitts. Uh, you know, a, a guy that when he came out was the best tight end since to to come out in the draft. Uh, so I, I think it could be a a lot. A lot is riding on Desmond Ritter, though. I mean, not, you know, never mind that Drake. Uh, Drake London was their first round pick last year. He had a pretty good rookie season. Um, you know, so, so the weapons are there for Desmond Ritter. So this is a, a put up or shut up type of year for Ritter. And if he doesn't, uh, you know, answer the bell cow, do, do they go to Taylor, uh, Taylor Heineke? They, 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 they signed him in the off season. I mean, I know he's not, uh, you know, a top, you know, 15, 16 quarterback in the league, top half quarterback in the league. But I mean, he, he did show some things in Washington, uh, and certainly, you know, uh, sparked that team when they needed it the most the last couple of years. Yeah, and another name we didn't mention here is uh, Drake London, the wide receiver they took in the first round last year at pick number eight, which, let me tell you, I liked Drake London. <laughs> I hoped, and all the reports said that Drake London is a type of wide receiver the Jets would love because he got size, Speed and catch, right? And I was like, please, Jets, don't take Drake London. Don't take him. And all reports came out that the Falcons were looking for a wide receiver. And it was like, take your pick on who's the best. And then I was like, don't take Garrett Wilson. Don't take Garrett Wilson. And the Falcons came through for your boy. And they took Drake London. So I appreciate them for helping the Jets get out of their own way and allowing Garrett Wilson to fall for them and Garrett Wilson being able to go on and win offensive rookie of the year. So that is kind of crazy to think that I, I forgot that Drake London was picked ahead of 
Garrett Wilson. I that totally slipped my mind. I forgot all about that. I'm pretty sure he had a decent year. It wasn't offensive oh, rookie no. of the year yeah. year. It was decent, but like they were a run first team. And so he didn't really get the opportunities to kind of showcase his talent there. Yeah, 72 catches, 866 yards, and four touchdowns. So almost a thousand. Almost a thousand, four tutties. You like that. So let's talk a little bit about their draft, Christian. What are the odds that Bijan wins rookie of the year? I mean, I gotta think he's he's gotta be the favorite, right? I, I think he, he's probably the favorite thinking about it right now. Um, because he's 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 gotta get his touches. And what we've seen from him at Texas, again, I get it. It's another level at the NFL. We've seen great college running backs, uh, you know, just turn into complete busts uh, in the NFL, a la Trent Richardson, who was supposed to be like the next great. Um, I don't think we're – I think B. John Robinson, what you see is what you get. He's going to bring the same uh, level of uh, intensity that he played with at uh, Texas into the NFL. And it, it kind of excites me. Um, hearing that they're going to use them all all over the place as well, not necessarily just in the backfield. Now, um, if that doesn't work out, throw it away, scrap it because we know what, we know we know he he's best uh, in the backfield. So um, I gotta think he's the favorite to win Rookie of the Year next year. Again, I know it's the Falcons and um, they've struggled the last couple of years, but you know, just looking at their roster and going through it right now with you. That, that might be a sleeper team, especially in an NFC South in which we're not really sure what to expect. I mean, it looks like the Saints are going to be the favorite to win that division, but this could be an, uh, an opportunity for if Desmond Ritter proves to be the guy, uh, he, he can certainly take the NFC South this year. I saw some crazy stat where the Falcons lost a ton of one-score games last year. So they were competitive. They were in it. They just didn't get the results from it. And Desmond Ritter has to take the next step, but they definitely got the talent around him. And you kind of just jogged my memory here and it kind of had like a, a bad flashback. Them putting Bijan in the slot kind of reminds me of Jacksonville. what Jacksonville tried to do with my man's uh, Travis Etienne. Yep, yep. And I was, I was like, gonna... like, like, that did not work. Like, No, no. That did not work. That was, that's not what he's good at. And when you put him in the backfield, he lit it up. So right. yeah. Atlanta. Learn from Jacksonville's mistakes, okay? <laughs> do not do this. And or, or if you do it, realize it's a mistake when you see it and throw it away. <laughs> and just throw it away. Start over. But, Christian, I think uh, the Falcons might have had the best draft in the NFC South, in my opinion. So they took Bijan in the first, and some people knocked them because they took a running back in the first. But I think we saw with the Jets last year that taking a really good running back can definitely boost your team. The Jets took Brees Hall in the second round, but he was the best player the Jets had up until he tore his ACL. Right. They also took Matthew Bergeron, and he was a sleeper offensive tackle who had some really good production for Syracuse. There was some initial talks about him sneaking into the first round. That obviously didn't happen. And then they took a defensive end, Zach Harrison, who was a solid defensive end at Ohio State. But I think he has some crazy expectations following up behind Joey Bosa and Nick Bosa. And people thought maybe he was going to take that next step, and it just never happened for him. And then finally, it took Clark Phillips, cornerback out of Utah. Phillips has crazy ball skills. He's an interception machine. But I think he's just undersized. He's probably like 5'9", 170 or something like that. So 
There's like he can't really play outside. He still has to put on a little weight, but you get him in the slot. He might be able to do some damage for him. Utah has been churning out some defensive backs the last few years as well. I mean, Jalen Johnson of the Bears is first to come to mind. And then uh, that same draft class, the Rams drafted someone in the second round. So, I mean, and I mean, just Utah in general, that football team, I mean, what I think they got a quarterback this year that's supposed to be, uh, you know, tops in the draft. So, I mean, just, just in general, the Utes have been uh, churning out talent all over the place. I'm glad Dalton Kincaid got drafted because he lit USC up twice last year. Best player on the field, unblockable, really good talent, but he was always hurt. So last year when he was finally healthy, he did what a healthy, good tight end can do. That's tore up my USC chosen and kind of just like said, y'all want to get in the playoffs? Not so fast. (laughs) Yeah, he's in a great spot there in Buffalo too. Hey, and so Christian, last team at the NFC South here, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Saving the and best so, for last. Saving the best for last here. And so this is a team that I'm going to actually get a lot more information on as summer rolls on here because Tampa Bay Buccaneers have joint practices with the New York Jets. And the storyline behind that is Baker Mayfield just signed there. And if you don't know the story, when Baker Mayfield was coming out, he ended up going first overall to the Cleveland Browns in a year where everybody thought the Browns was going to take Sam Darnold, right? Jets love Sam Darnold. It's like, man, we wish we had an opportunity to get you, but we know you're going number one. Sam Darnold went on his pro day in the rain, put on a master class performance, and everybody was like, all right, this is done. He's a Cleveland Brown, right? The owner was up there talking to Sam Darnold's parents, all this smokescreen. Time of the draft comes. The Jets are like Sam Darnold's going one. We know the Giants are taking Saquon too, and we have pick three. Baker Mayfield, it is. Now, me leading up to the draft, like I really want a quarterback. All right, I really need a quarterback. Baker Mayfield. I watched every Oklahoma game that year. I loved his attitude. I love his moxie. He was accurate with the football, and I was like, this is what the Jets need. So. Sam Darnold, I was like, yeah, that'd be great. Got him. He obviously not going to be there, not going to get my hopes up, right? Baker Mayfield, you're in the New York Jet. Cleveland Browns say not so fast, they're a hot shot. Uh, we are going to have to – we're going to have to slow this party down here. They take Baker one. Jets are stunned, but they're excited because they're like, okay, we know the Giants, we're going to take Saquon, but do they change what they're going to do now? Sam Darnold's available. Nope, they stick with Saquon, Jets get Darnold, and the rest is history. So now, fast forward to today, the Jets are going to be able to get an up-close look at Baker Mayfield and see what they could have had during these uh, training camp practices because Tom Brady's no longer there. He's trying to become an owner of the Las Vegas Raiders. And so what does this team look like post-Brady when it's just Baker Mayfield, you know? You know, it's – and. That's how it seems. It seems like it is just Baker Mayfield. Um, Kyle Trask, what are you doing, dude? What are you doing? The former second-round pick out of Florida. This is the opportunity you've been waiting for. You knew you you had no chance to beat out Tom Brady, obviously. Um, Really? Really? You're going to lose out to Baker freaking Mayfield? I mean, 
at, at his best, who might be an average quarterback, again, at, at best, and, and that's only if he's playing consistency, uh, consistently. Um, you know, the, the, the stuff with Baker Mayfield last year with the Rams, that comeback victory against the Raiders, I mean, that, that was all fun and all, but uh, come on, man, come on. I, I, I'm kind of over it. I want Kyle Trask to wake the hell up and, and win this competition just so we see something different. It might not be great. It might be worse than Baker Mayfield. I didn't love Kyle Trask coming out of the draft, but uh, I kind of liked him. I, I thought that the, uh, it might have been a, a chance that the Bears would have drafted him, maybe if he fell to second, third round. And he, of course, did go, I think, last pick of the second round to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, I'm just kind of over the whole Baker Mayfield stuff, man. I mean, we, we he got his shot in Carolina last year. He got another shot with the Rams. That one game against the Raiders, it was fun as hell. It was incredible, especially because he just got there like two or three days earlier. So, you know, nothing really against Baker Mayfield, but I'd rather see Kyle Trask wake up, arise to the occasion, and let's see what he's got. Um, but like you said, at this point, at this point in time, July 4th, 2023, it, it does seem that way that it's Baker Mayfield. And right now, it doesn't seem like it's much of a competition. No competition at all. Baker's going to be the starting quarterback. But you just hit on something for me. Baker's been on four teams already. Started with Cleveland, and then they shipped him off because that whole messy situation was um, sad, for lack of better <laughs> words. It was sad because he had a really good year the year before, got hurt, and he should have yeah. just sat out and took the surgery, but he didn't. And he went out there and just had one of the worst seasons and then he's like, get him out of here. When really, he was like, I'll go in hurt and I'll carry the team or try my right. best to carry the team. And it just didn't work out for him. So that happened. Then he went to Carolina, I think. And then the Rams for that one game, he said it. And now he's in Tampa for a one-year contract. And I'm expecting that team to be bad here. Like, they still got Mike Evans. And we'll see if he can have another 1,000-yard season. They still got Chris Godwin. I don't know who they have a tight end running back situation is currently changed for that. They, no they drafted a tight end that I, I actually like quite a bit again with this situation and the quarterbacks throwing them the ball. I don't know, but Payne Durham from Purdue uh, is there. And I think it's really just, I, I don't know. I think that's another position where it's not really going to be much of a battle. I mean, I know they had two guys kind of rotating last year. Co-Keefe. I don't know if that really does anything for you though, but um, Payne Durham tight end could you know, nice prospect from Purdue, I'll say that. Fun fact, I'm pretty sure Cole Keefe is from South Dakota. Is that right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I met his dad out here. Um, uh, another fun fact, before we move on to the, the draft portion of this, uh, apparently I wanted to name my son Baker. Did you? I don't remember. I do not recall <laughs> this, but that's what the streets are singing. So Baker well, James well, Ruffin. <laughs> While we're sticking with the uh, fun facts, Kurt Warner's son signed with the Bucks uh, as a wide receiver, undrafted free agent. So, did he? Yeah, he did. Uh, Cade Warner. Were, were you a fan of the name Cade? Not a fan of, <laughs> of the name Cade. Cade's, Cade doesn't do it for me. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaks undrafted free agents drafts. Let's talk a little bit about what they did in the draft year. So. They've got Kalijah Cansey, who was in consideration, I think, for the Jets 
in that 13 to 15 range. Defensive tackle from Pittsburgh. He measures the same as Aaron Donald, moves the same as Aaron Donald, but there's only one Aaron Donald. But we really get to see all the hype around him. I know the Panthers, not Panthers, the Tampa Bay Bucks wanted two players. One was Kalijah, one was another player. I think the first player they had went off the board, and they were like, well, this is easy. We love Kalijah, bring him in. So I'm looking to see how he performs this summer. Does he look like an unstoppable force in the middle? Does he show signs he can be an Aaron Donald? We'll see with that. And then they also grab Cody Mouch, the guard from North Dakota State. This dude's story is kind of wild. I don't know if it's very, if people, very wild. Uh, I'm going to try to tell it. Let me know if I mess something up here. But came into NDSU maybe wearing, wearing, weighing 160, 170, very quickly put on a lot of weight lost his two front teeth, and became a guard. I don't know how he lost his teeth. Hockey. 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 Lost his teeth playing hockey, became a guard, and now he's just a lovable 300-pound fucking 300-pound grizzly (laughs) bear. (laughs) Came in four or five years ago, 160 pounds. Now he's almost double that. (laughs) Yeah. Josh's transformation to be an offensive guard was crazy. And, you know, the Bucks really like him. I think they took him in the second round here. So they're trying to do something to shore up the offensive line for the quarterbacks and give their offensive weapons a chance to succeed. But Cody Mouch, good luck down there. Got to put on probably even more weight <laughs> to block the likes of Aaron Donalds in the world or Jeffrey Simmons and stuff like that. If you go to his profile on the North Dakota State website, it has a picture from each year that he was there. And it's it's probably one of the best things I've ever seen. I mean, you, you look at his freshman and sophomore year, you think there's no way in hell this guy that you see, you know, uh, junior, senior year, how, how is that the same person? I mean, it's it's amazing. But, uh, yeah, really like those two picks from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Aaron Donald comparisons with Kalijah Cansey again, is that like the Derek Carr and uh, the, the quarterback that they drafted there? Um, is it the same situation because they went to the same school? Um, I don't know, but I will say Kalijah Cansey, you know, it's crazy to think that he, he's more deserving of that comparison, I think, than uh, the, the rookie quarterback in New Orleans is of uh, Derek Carr, which, I mean, Jay could, would, would, yeah, Jay Kaner, <laughs> which could look, be looked at as an awful insult. An awful thing. An awful yeah. insult by just saying that, that Kalijah Cansey is more closer to a Hall of Fame player than Jay Kaner is to Derek Carr, but. Um, anyways, really like what the Bucks did with those first two picks, and um, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, I I think they could be trending towards a top five pick this year. I think they could be pretty bad, but they do have some weapons. Obviously, starting off with, of course, as you mentioned, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I mean, those guys aren't going anywhere. At least it doesn't seem. Um, so Baker, let's let's see what you got, man. The the, the opportunity is here for you to prove yourself. Baker, no pressure, but get her, get her done, all right? And I think that the Buccaneers should probably be one of the teams we have on our watch list for uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May, uh, Michael Penix sweepstakes here. So they might be drafting pretty high. Before we close this episode, Christian, here, a quick question for you. Is Derek Carr a Hall of Famer? No, I don't think so. 
I think, He's you know, it. and I think uh, Hall of Fame discussion, and I do think they probably let some people in that, I mean, who am I to say? But I think it's as simple as this. Is player A a Hall of Famer? I think instantly you know. I don't think it really requires much thought. Like Eli Manning, I don't think there's no way in hell. In my books, he's a Hall of Famer. He's going to get in. He has two Super Bowl wins, uh, two Super Bowl rings, both of those wins coming against the New England Patriots, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. Um, so, like, that that's one, for instance, that I, I don't think uh, is. So, I, I mean, I think it's pretty simple. I think it should come to you quick. I don't think it requires much thought. Like, I mean, again, more details. If you want to go back, look at stats. If you want to go back, watch some of their film and whatnot and, and see what they did. Absolutely. I get that. Um, I just, I just don't, I mean, the lack of playoff appearances, the lack of playoff wins, um, I, he's put up some great numbers, uh, which again, this hall of fame is more so uh individual. What did you do during your career? Um, I, I, and, that's what... and I, I don't think he's ever been like a top five quarterback. Like I think in order to be a hall of famer, you've got to be like at least top five at your position for a couple of years, few years throughout your career. I'm just looking at his numbers here, career numbers, completion percentage for his entire career so far, 64.6. Threw for 35,000 yards, 217 touchdowns, 99 interceptions for a rate of 91.8. He has some pretty good years here, like never more than 15 interceptions in a season no less than 19 touchdowns in a season. So, but you're right. The fact that he never won the Super Bowl is a big knock against him. And I remember talking, especially for a quarterback. Now I remember talking to one of my good friends here. Who's a diehard Raiders fan. And he was like, he would rather have Derek Carr than Aaron Rodgers." And I looked at him and said, I made the same face. I'm like, you sure about that? And he was just like, Derek Carr. Maybe long never term. Had- Maybe long term. Sure. But in a position where the Jets are in right now. But I'll, I'll, I'll he, continue to not cut you off. So proceed. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. So he was just like, yeah, Derek Carr is, you know what you get with him? Steady, leader, blah, blah, blah. Never has all the stats I just mentioned, right? But I was like, I hear you, but hear me out. Aaron, Derek Carr can't even get in the club. Like, he doesn't even make the playoffs. And when he does, he shits the bed. Aaron Rodgers has been there, won it only once, but the numbers he's had when he got his team to the playoff have still been pretty good. Even in those playoff losses, Aaron Rodgers has showed up. But he's never had – he only had a top five defense once, and that was the year they won it all. So I was just like – because the guy was like, oh, Derek Carr's defense is trash. I'm like, Aaron Rodgers' defense is trash too, but he still gets to the playoffs. Aaron, right. Derek Carr is not. So I, I don't know. And the last so couple of years, the Packers' defense was expected to do well. They were expected to be top 10 defenses. They've you know spent a lot of draft capital uh, in that area, and it hasn't really worked out that way. Uh, again, especially the last couple of years where – at least for me, I had some pretty high expectations for that defense, which scared the hell out of me as a Bears fan because, oh, Aaron, giving Aaron Rodgers a at least top 10, top 15 defense, that, that could be pretty dangerous. Now, turns out didn't work out that way, and um, I'm sure that is one of the many reasons why he decided to move on to New York or New Jersey. 
New York. Don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Christian, thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you all for listening to this episode of Not Drivers Two Time Podcast. Next week, we're going to jump over to the AFC South. Talk a little bit about Trevor Lawrence, Derrick Henry, uh, Anthony Houston Richardson. Texans, come on now, Ant- Gardner, Anthony Richardson, the legend, the legend Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew, <laughs> Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, Derek Stingley Jr. So, AFC might have South. an update on Hassan uh, Haskins at that point. Might have an update. Is he still in jail? I have no idea. No, actually, he's uh-huh. not. He's not. He got out. Yeah, got out. I just didn't know if he got out or not. So I, that, that, we'll, we'll cover that next week. But thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode. Yeah, first time we did a video one here. So we'll see how this works out. And if it works out well, we might keep doing it. We'll see. But talk to you guys next week.